Hey guys, welcome to the Candid Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Pardee from CandidConfidence.com. I'm a confidence coach, blogger, and online course instructor here to help you unleash your inner badass. This podcast is for the girl who is ready to ditch the self-doubt, overcome the overthinking, and live a life that feels fearless and free. So let's do the damn thing. Hi girl, how are ya? I hope you're doing amazing. Welcome back to the Candid Confidence Podcast. Welcome to setting boundaries like a boss. I'm pumped to share this with you because setting boundaries can be so hard and so awkward, but today we're going to learn why that is and how to overcome it. I want you guys to actually learn to love setting boundaries in all areas of life. But first, I have a special podcast sponsor today. Make Up Your Mindset is my five-week self-guided online course. This course includes all the things I use to completely change my life, change my mindset, to go from feeling like a victim to feeling like a manifestation machine. So you'll go through a complete overhaul of your mental inventory. We're talking digging through the old stories that are holding you back, the limiting beliefs, sorting through all of that and ditching what is no longer serving us. You'll also learn how to keep vibes high through mindfulness, create a morning routine and daily rituals to help you stay in that positive mindset. You're gonna have a workbook and a bonus four-part meditation series. This course is gonna change your life. I poured everything into this course and I'm so excited because it's on sale 20% off just until this coming Saturday, December 14th. But even crazier, I'm gifting you this course completely free as a bonus if you sign up for my one-to-one coaching between now and the 14th. Yes. You'll have three months of private coaching with me to really tackle the limiting beliefs in your personal life and in your business and unleash your dream life with free access to Make Up Your Mindset course as well. So you've been thinking about having me as a coach, you know you need to invest in coaching and you've been looking for a sign, this is it, this is it. (laughs) Any questions on that guys, just DM me and I will post a link to that in the show notes. Okay, now back to the show. Let's talk about setting boundaries like a boss because you want to be the boss of your own life and you deserve it. You deserve it, boo. So why is setting boundaries so hard? Why does it feel so awkward and icky and uncomfortable to let people know your expectations, to let people know how you need to be treated? And why do we feel like it's bad or mean or rude to set boundaries or to say no to things? Okay, the first thing I wanna say here is that I believe there is a big misconception when it comes to all of this. Do you guys feel like people who have a difficult time with boundaries, people who tend to let people walk all over them, they're like, oh, I'm just a really nice person, or we tend to think of them as they're just too nice, quote, and they think to stand up for what they want or demand what they want and expect nothing less is basically being a bitch or rude and they feel bad for saying no to people, for example. I think this is a huge misconception, AKA lie, because in reality, the reason we have a hard time saying no or putting people in their place isn't because we are nice at all. That's literally not the reason. It's because of how our brains work because they were programmed primarily for one thing, safety. Our brain is hardwired to keep us safe. And safety, long ago at the beginning of time, 
meant people liking you, right? Literally, if the tribe didn't accept you, you would face certain death. You literally had to be liked. So now our brains are still hardwired that way. And that is why we constantly make decisions based on what we think other people want because we're just this social creature at heart. So it's not mean to make decisions that put you first, that maybe your mother-in-law disagrees with or that your coworkers don't understand. And it doesn't mean you're a better human and a kinder person if you just let everyone else make your decisions for you and you tiptoe around so you're never risking offending anyone. It just means that some people are listening to those inner voices telling them to tread lightly more. It just means that some people are letting fear win and choosing to make sure everyone always likes them and make sure everyone else is happy because that's what their brain is telling them they need to do to survive. And this is also why so many people settle. Did you know that 60% of divorced women confess that they knew on their wedding day that the marriage wasn't right? So why go through with it? Well, they spent all this money and they feel pressured by society and likely a lot of family and friends to go through with it. Are they really going to cancel it and tell everyone they know and cancel the whole thing? Not likely. I think I've told this story in a prior episode, but when my husband and I decided we didn't want to spend 20 grand on a wedding and instead we wanted to get married by ourselves in Florida, followed by a honeymoon cruise, we faced a lot of negativity and a lot of judgment. People were not happy with our decision, but spending an entire year planning a one day event and spending an entire down payment for a house in the process, that just wasn't for us. And that's okay. And some people dream of a big fancy wedding and that's okay too. Do whatever you want, but do whatever you want, not what society wants, not what you worry people will judge you on, not what your family wants, what you want. And your spouse, maybe he needs to have a small, a small opinion in this whole thing too. But that was a monumental moment for me. It was the first big decision in my life that I literally made because it felt right in my heart. It was what I felt inspired to do. And I just was making a decision where I wasn't worrying about pleasing everyone else in the process. And actually guys, I have a confession to make too. When I was 22, I moved in with my now husband, uh, then boyfriend, Alex. And we had started dating when I was 19 and in college. So by the time we moved in together, um, and maybe I was like 23 after a little while of living together, you know, we had been dating for four or five years and I started wondering where the fuck is my ring? <laughs> now, if you're a woman in your mid-20s and up, you, and maybe even younger, I'm not sure, you've probably either experienced this or you have friends who've experienced this, right? It's super common. Guys tend to take longer to want to commit in that sort of way. And also, I think something else important plays into it. For one, women get this amazing ring the guy has to pay for and the guy really doesn't get anything. And I'm going to be really honest here. I think if it was the opposite, we would call it the most sexist thing ever and try to outlaw it, right? Imagine if you had to save up thousands of dollars to buy something just to get a guy to agree to marry you. Not as appealing. So a lot of girls dream of this big wedding. And not only that, but they start to feel competitive, right? They see all these, they go to these weddings, their friends are getting married. It's all a big show on Instagram. And I don't think guys really care about any of that. And then you have the fear factor. You have the timelines. 
And there are timelines that are real, right? I mean, birthing a child safely at the age of around 35, it is riskier, right? But other than that, there's a bunch of other imaginary timelines that really have no validity. So here's my confession. I was 23 years old and I felt the timeline pressure hard. And it had nothing to do with the only real timeline, which is the reproductive system. What did it have to do with? For one, I was embarrassed. We had been dating for like four or five years and he still didn't want to propose to me. And people were constantly asking me when we were getting engaged. Friends were getting engaged, married. And basically, I was basing my self-worth on the timeline of my engagement. So I pressured Alex into proposing to me, as many women do, and we did. But knowing what I know now, I don't really agree with that. If the tables had been turned and I was the one who was supposed to propose, I can tell you that I would have not have been happy because to be pressured into a huge thing like that, it's, it's kind of wrong. And I'm not the type of person where if you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to push it away more. Like I'm going to push things away more the more people tell me I need to do them. And certainly it's not going to make me like someone more if they're pressuring me to propose to them just because they're embarrassed about what society thinks. And I think another big problem for me is that I've always struggled with control. When I cannot control a situation, man, I lose my shit. I hate it. I want control over everything and everyone, and I'll be the first to admit it. And it's something I've really had to work on with my relationship with Alex for years. I mean, you know, things like gambling, he enjoys going to the casino every once in a while and playing blackjack. And for me, I'm not a fan, but that doesn't mean that it's a waste of money because a waste of money is a subjective thing. I like to spend money on clothes and spa, like a massage or like getting pedicures. And there was really no difference, right? But it's the control. It's the like, oh no, I want you to do something different with our money or whatever it is. And you just, you just have to someday learn that you cannot control another person you're gonna end up with someone who's full of resentment. It's something I often work on with clients too. And once you can start to feel the shift and internalize that you don't have to control everything and that you can control everything, it starts to feel really good. So yeah, so there's my story about how I went from being super embarrassed about this timeline of my engagement and wanting the social approval that would come from it to getting married with just my husband and a fishing and a photographer by ourselves, even though we faced so much disapproval. And while it's cool we saved a shit ton of money, the best part for me is that this is a reminder that I'm living life on my own terms. And at the end of the day, my decision didn't hurt anyone. I wasn't being mean, I'm not a bitch. I just learned to stop worrying so fucking much about what everyone thinks and letting that fear factor win. So how can we all get better with setting these boundaries and living life more on our terms. The first thing we need to do is to learn to recognize whether what we're feeling is our intuitive deep desire or our way to avoid discomfort. And when it comes to intuition, I get asked this question all the time. How do I know if it's my intuition speaking to me? How do I know? I want you to start paying attention to the first initial gut reaction that you have to something. 
that initial reaction of you wanting something or you wanting to make a choice between two or more things is generally going to be your intuition speaking to you. Now, a lot of the time, it is followed up by a second thought, right? Most of the time. So we have this instinct or this desire, but then almost instantly, we have a train of thoughts telling us to do something else. And those thoughts are the fear factor. That is your brain trying to keep you safe, keep you small, basically keep you in your comfort zone. So since we talked about marriage earlier, let's use relationship as an example. I can almost guarantee that you know someone who is dating someone who clearly isn't right for them. And for some reason, they keep staying together despite all the fighting. Or maybe you've been the one to stick in a relationship when you know it isn't right. Or maybe you're even in those situations. <laughs> what did I just say, you guys? Maybe you're in a situation like this right now. <laughs> and it goes like this. You have a feeling that maybe you should end the relationship. Maybe there's been a big fight or you're in the awkward phase following a fight. Things just aren't right. Or maybe you're just in the shower and you're like deep in thought about your relationship. And you get a feeling that you should break up with him. But almost immediately, you start thinking of a bunch of reasons why you shouldn't. Maybe it's not so bad. I mean, no relationship's perfect, right? If I end it, won't I be broken hearted? What if we're soulmates? If I end it, what if I can't find Mr. Right before my imaginary timeline is up? What if I break his heart? I can't do that to him. And those reasons all sound legit to us, right? Because I mean, most of us don't really go around questioning our own thoughts. We typically assume thoughts in our mind are true. Hopefully, since you listen to podcasts like this, you're, you know, at least diving into the possibility that you can question your thoughts, but you feel me, right? We're not, gonna, we're not really going to be questioning it. Or even like this happens to me when I'm about to start getting ready to go to the gym. This happened to me the other day. I'm like, yep, going to the gym tonight. Cool. I'm going to feel so good. I'm proud of myself. Um, I value my health and it's important to me to feel good and to feel energized. But I'm like about to start getting dressed for the gym after work and I start thinking of reasons why I can't go tonight. Oh shoot, I have to email that client back. You know, I'm in the middle of a launch right now. Shouldn't I be working? Or maybe I should go tomorrow because I just feel kind of tired tonight. Yeah, maybe I'll just go tomorrow instead. Maybe it won't be so cold out tomorrow. We start thinking of excuses, right? And most of us just aren't questioning them. But this is exactly what keeps us making decisions that are out of alignment for us. It keeps us inside the box instead of pushing our limits. It keeps us from setting clear boundaries because we're afraid we'll offend someone. It keeps us in mediocre relationships. It keeps us in mediocre careers. So I want you to start practicing identifying the first thing you desire, that choice you initially want to make and go in that direction despite the excuses that immediately start spewing out of your brain to you. So maybe you have like a neighbor that keeps asking you to watch their dog, for example, or their kid or their rabbit or whatever. Um, I just remember when I was a kid, I actually, like my mom and I and my brother babysat our neighbor's ferret and it was gross. It had red eyeballs. Um, but anyways, so let's say someone in your neighborhood keeps asking you to do something that's just energetically draining to you or is inconvenient or whatever. You just don't want to do it. 
I think it's not your ferret, right? And even though you're a good person, guess what? You don't have to say yes to everything all the time. I am officially freeing you from that mindset prison. So you have this instinctive feeling that you should say no to watching the dog or the ferret or the whatever. Um, I actually have another ferret story. So in college, I lived next door to a guy who literally, and I'm not even kidding, would walk his ferret on a leash outside, like in the neighborhood. I don't know why I've had so many neighbors with ferrets. I didn't even know they were so common, but now I'm remembering all these ferret things. So anyways, you really don't want to walk your neighbor's ferret, let's say. But after that feeling, <laughs> you have this string of thoughts about why you should. You're afraid of the awkwardness of telling him no. You don't want to have that conversation. You don't want to offend him. Will it really be that bad to walk the ferret twice a day? What if you say no and they don't like you anymore? Those thoughts that come up and block your intuitive feeling, the initial gut feeling that said, no, I don't want to walk that ferret, those thoughts are not true. Just because you have a thought in your mind does not make it true. That is your fear factor coming out to make sure you never offend anyone and everyone likes you and you don't have to risk being deemed unwanted by the tribe. So hear me. You are not a bad person if you say no to walking a ferret. And your friend who always says yes to everyone and walks everyone's ferrets free of charge, she's not a nicer person than you or a better person than you. She's just afraid of saying no. She's just crippled by fear and selfishly wants to make sure everyone likes her. Because at the end of the day, we all have our own interests in mind, right? People who are extremely frugal, for example, who think that, you know, it's bad to quote, waste money and that rich people should just donate everything. I'm sorry, but I don't believe that, that <laughs> I don't believe that that makes them a better person. I think that it comes from a place of, for that person thinking, here I am being more noble. It's noble to be poor. We donate money and time to the needy because it makes us feel good. And sometimes because it makes us look good, not because we're better people. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, everyone on earth is bad, but rather most people on earth are good. And just because someone attends more church services or walks more ferrets doesn't make them a better person. So you can stop feeling bad when you make choices that benefit you. And you can stop thinking only bitches stand up for themselves and set boundaries or that it's mean to say no. Our brain is only hardwired to think of our survival. And if our survival means going to church every Sunday to be accepted by those people, then that's what we're gonna do. If our survival means volunteering and donating money, then that's what we're gonna do, right? Now, I definitely recommend those things because they can be beneficial. They can make us feel good, which spreads good vibes, which spreads good vibes, which spreads good vibes. But please don't feel like someone else is better than you because they're afraid to say no, because that's really what it is. And don't feel like your desire to live a life of luxury means you are selfish. Okay, I've got one more hack for setting boundaries. I'm gonna take a sip of coffee first. Okay, you've gotta practice stepping into the version of you who sets boundaries like a boss. Sometimes it helps to think of someone you know or admire who is the type that just doesn't take any shit, who's super confident and doesn't really give a fuck what people think. And journal on that who that version of you is. Visualize her. Get clear on how she carries herself, how she speaks, how she walks. 
So when you're about to go to your neighbor and explain that you aren't going to watch the ferret or walk the ferret, you can first be embodying this version of you. And this is beneficial for two reasons, at, le at least two reasons, okay? The first, this is actually super, super, super interesting. So it turns out that people who have lost their memories can't actually imagine what the future will look like either. Why? Because our memories are how we create our expectations of the future. That's one reason why people get stuck in generational patterns. It's, if it's in their past, their past is what they're basing their future off of. So unless you've developed a different way to view the future, you're gonna stay stuck. And one really cool thing about our subconscious mind is that it cannot differentiate between real and imagined events. So when you take time to visualize things that you want, you're literally drawing yourself closer to it by being able to see it in your future as an expectation. And then your subconscious is gonna draw you to those action steps that will get you there because it's gonna think that's where you're going. And that's just one thing that makes visualization so powerful. The second reason why this will work with setting boundaries is that when you start becoming that version of you, people will stop assuming that they can take you for granted. Because when you are, quote, too nice, people will know they can walk all over you. They can pick it up in your energy. And therefore, sometimes they will take advantage of that. And once you create this version of you that doesn't really allow for that, and you start embodying her, people will pick up on that too. Think about relationships, right? Some men, unfortunately, and some women will, you know, take advantage of or whatever. They'll treat people poorly in a relationship because they're allowed to, right? It's like the guys that are abusive or borderline abusive, they go after an easy target. And you've got to just design a life where no one sees you as an easy target. And people will be less inclined to try and take advantage of you once you embody this version. And guess what? No one's going to hate you. People will like you more. People are very, very, very drawn to confidence. And that's really what we're talking about here. Developing so much belief in ourselves that we don't have to sit around and worry if people are going to like us. And, you know, if we start saying no, if everyone's going to turn against us. We'll just know that they're going to like us anyways. Okay. That's all I've got today. I hope this was some food for thought. I hope it was helpful. If you loved it, go ahead and snap a pic of this episode, share it on your Instagram story, tag me in it. Tell me what you took away from it. I'm at candid.confidence on Instagram, where I assume you're already following me because I mean, why wouldn't you? And if you really like the show, drop me a five-star rating and a review, and I will appreciate it so much. Okay, I love you guys, and I'll see you next week.